Live Your Heart Out podcast, a show for wild hearts, change makers, and soulpreneurs. Together, we dive deep into the exploration of what it means to live a meaningful life. I'm your host, Connie Bozowski, and I hope you're ready to live your magic. Hey friends, what's up? It's Connie. It's episode number two. I'm on a roll. Um, I'm just super stoked. This whole podcast thing is getting me really excited, just like so many other things in life right now, to be honest. So many cool things happening. You know, when you just, in your heart, you just feel really content and full. Yeah, that's me right now. <laughs> But, you know, I meditate every morning for an hour. I exercise every day. I just went to Joe Dispenza retreat in Spain. Like, I'm just, I'm flying high. My soul is on fire. So, anyway, yesterday I was in Munich uh, with my mom. And uh, I met up with a, with a friend of mine. And we had lunch together. And uh, yeah, we were talking and um, this uh, conversation came up of how we distract ourselves from ourselves. <laughs> Holy moly, especially last year, actually, um, was a time where I needed to stop bullshitting myself. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we have blind spots, right? We think we're all conscious and aware and we know what's going on. And, uh, you know, we think we've, we've got ourselves under control and we know that we know what's up. We know our fears. We think we know our fears. We think we know um, our pains. We think we're doing the work, you know. <laughs> and I definitely thought I was doing the work um, because I've been on my path for about, you know, six, six years or so. And uh, nevertheless... There's always, always a layer that you need to go deeper. And then there's another one <laughs> and another one. And that's just how the onion goes, you know. <laughs> and so last year I had to face a few of my blind spots. Um, and uh, I was reminded of, of that time and of having to do that during um, that conversation with my friend. And uh, because he had just been through this breakup that was quite painful for him, I reflected on, you know, a lot of uh, the painful times that um, I had to go through and that were quite difficult. But you don't even have to go through difficult times um, actively to be distracting yourselves. A lot of times, actually, is that... We're just kind of cruising along and we're not aware of, you know, anything painful happening in our lives. When we distract ourselves from ourselves, from something we don't want to feel, something we just don't want to, uh, just don't want to, nope, nope, just don't want to, <laughs> um, we don't want to face it. Um, And we just kind of turn a blind eye to it. And uh, all of us, all of us, we have strategies to distract ourselves. And um, yeah, and then we just kind of play it cool. And we think it's, it's all, you know, we've got it all under control. But in the end, we're really just bullshitting ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. 
Um, and most times, actually, most people out there, I don't think they're aware of that. Now, I'll give you a few examples. I mean, what are some of the most popular distraction bullshitting mechanisms <laughs> or strategies? It's uh, alcohol. It's a very, very easy pastime. You know, it's legal. Everyone, everybody kind of does it. Um, it's just normal to, uh, to drink a little bit, you know, or more or a lot more. And so alcohol is a great, great way to distract ourselves from something we don't want to feel. Um, shopping, very, um, very accepted way to distract ourselves in society. <laughs> um, food is a way that many of us distract ourselves. I know so because I used to be a massive sugar addict and I know a lot of people that don't have a very healthy relationship to food. Um, and uh, it's uh, in many cases used as a way to fill us up because there's some sort of hole. And that's with everything, with all these distraction strategies, is that they're all, we're, we use them to, to fill a hole, to not feel something. One of my big distractions was travel. That was a great way <laughs> for me to not feel and to not face a lot of stuff because when things get uncomfortable, when you know I was feeling lonely or when I was going through stuff or when I was going through a breakup or whatever, I would just book a flight and then I'd go somewhere else. And because I have the freedom to do whatever I want, wherever I want, as a you know digital nomad and um, location independent entrepreneur, that was something that uh, I didn't understand for a very long time. Also, considering that you know I started um, kind of being a nomad when I was a teenager, I left home when I was 15 to live in the states with a family and go to high school there, and then I went to different schools and universities all over the place. and And travel and living in different places for me has always been a big thing. And I also understand now that I think probably one of the reasons why I wanted to get away when I was a teenager was because I didn't want to I didn't want to feel something um, by being here in my hometown, being in my family. And uh, so it was just uh, I wanted to get away and I thought I'd be happier somewhere else. And that was um, a real big, you know, a real big lie because I, wherever I go, there I was with myself, with all of it, <laughs> with all my baggage, with all my shadows. And uh, I only really properly realized just how I used traveling as a distraction strategy um, within the last couple of years or so. And, and then I really consciously made it my mission to my intention to really to stay in places for longer, to stick around for several months without moving. <laughs> and that was difficult for me because it meant that, okay, uh, I'm going to have to sit with whatever comes up. I'm just going to have to stay in this place, in the same city or in the same country and uh, without running, without booking another flight and going to the next location where you know then you have the honeymoon phase and you think everything's awesome and a few weeks into that you're back at square one so traveling was a was a big one and I could probably do a whole episode on <laughs> traveling as a way to not deal with ourselves and our stuff and it's actually something that a lot of I see a lot of digital nomads um, struggle with is that uh, people think 
um, becoming location dependent and traveling the world and all of that is is the end of the rainbow only to realize that oopsie <laughs> there is stuff coming up um, because this lifestyle creates a lot of space and a lot of um, moments where we are almost forced to look at ourselves and um, the shadows so yeah that's that and then i mean uh, there's more guys uh so work you know workaholics they're really good at distracting themselves and uh, i know so myself too that was a really very um <laughs> a very popular way for myself to distract myself um and generally yeah especially you know when you're in the beginning of building a business you kind of get sucked into that and um there are a lot of workaholics out there, guys, uh, who, uh, yeah, use their work to, to not deal with themselves and their problems and their issues. Now, another way to distract ourselves beautifully, and that's a very common one, obviously, it's TV or nowadays Netflix, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. Diving into other people's worlds so I don't actually have to deal with mine. Yep beautiful um uh something that i never did too much to be honest maybe maybe there were phases or something where i binge watched stuff you know just to kind of turn my brain off for a bit um when it was uh revolving around the same stuff over and over again but overall i really only use youtube um or even netflix to watch documentaries to watch things that help me grow and um, or help me learn things like that. Um, so, but a lot of people use it to numb themselves. You know, it's just too easy. Um, just like drugs, and or alcohol, whatever. I mean, it, it, everything. I guess that I'm talking about here is they're all kind of drugs. You know, they they function as a way for us to. We get addicted to these ways of distracting ourselves, um, and um, and then habits can very quickly turn into addictions. And um, so drugs, yeah, I mean, you know, when I was a teenager, especially in my late teens and early 20s, uh, I was, yeah, I was taking, uh, <laughs> I was taking some stuff. And, you know, looking back now, I just see this teenager, this, this young girl who was pretty lost in the way that um, I totally wasn't living my truth. I was hiding so many parts of myself. I was in the closet. Uh, I was really ashamed of of <laughs> of being in love with girls and um, so many other things. And so I had no idea how to deal with myself and my emotions. And drugs for me was, I kind of always ended up with people that, um, yeah, were, <laughs> were kind of, in, were into that kind of stuff. Um, wherever I went, all these schools and universities I went to, I always, like a magnet, attracted <laughs> the potheads and the druggies. And so I ended up taking, you know, stuff like cocaine or speed or, yeah, I was smoking a lot of pot. And eventually, though, I stopped because uh, the hard stuff anyway in my early 20s, maybe when I was like 23, 24, because I'm just I'm a very sensitive soul. I don't even know how I managed to to take all these drugs and not go, go not go crazy <laughs> during the time. But yeah, so eventually I quit because, man, I, I could feel that that stuff was not good for me. I did. I had a few experiences that really weren't good and so um I, I took i took him a few more times maybe in my 20s like mid to late 20s but 
not in that way that I did um, early in my life. And I'm really not proud of that, but I just see this very wounded teenager. Um, and uh, I just see that it was just an easy way to not feel. So I have compassion with myself now. And, um, and that's good. That's a good thing. Now, uh, the last thing that I used a lot for years <laughs> to distract myself. Um, and I think that even goes back to really when I was a very young teenager. Um, relationships and drama. Relationship drama. <laughs> so as far as I can think back, I was always, in one way or another, emotionally attached to somebody. Even it might not have been that I was in a always in a relationship by far not. Um, I've definitely been single more than um, I've been in a relationship. But I there was either I was, you know, in love with someone that was in love with me <laughs> or I was in a relationship with someone that ended up being very dramatic or I was heartbroken. So this is in a summary. Those were the three emotional states I was in from probably when I was like 13 until not too long ago, maybe, yeah, about a year ago or so. So, yeah, um, relationship drama can definitely turn into an addiction because, you know, you're always focused um, on something outside of yourself. You're always focused on someone else. You're, you're focused on that pain in that moment that was triggered through someone and it's always always focused outwards and um it was just this normal state of affairs for me <laughs> for some reason that i kept on attracting dramatic relationships and um eventually i realized and i realized this last year in 2017 that uh through i mean i've done a lot of coaching life coaching and and therapy you know and Last year was a very critical time for me to dive really deep with uh, my therapist. And we uncovered that um, all these relationships, all that drama, all this emotional attachment that really didn't serve me <laughs> at all. But it served its purpose in a way that it distracted me from myself. It distracted me from other things below that that were really deep into it. It distracted me from feeling lonely, actually. It was better for me to feel that pain of going through a breakup or um, being emotionally attached to someone. Or It was better for me to have some sort of drama in my life with women than actually feeling into what, what was underneath that. And underneath that was that fear of loneliness and this emptiness, this really deep, like just, I mean, huge hole. And that felt really scary once I had to look into it really deeply. <laughs> and that's when all the really big questions came up for me. And that put me, spiraled me deeper and deeper into the abyss of the darkness <laughs> and my shadows and um, that feeling of unworthiness, of not being loved, of not being wanted, all of that um, was... Yeah, that was a lot of work to dive into and it was it was very uncomfortable and and that's the point. The reason that we distract ourselves so much with all these strategies is because it's kind of scary and uncomfortable to face our shit. 
and our darkness and the shadows and the pain and the wounds and the traumas and all of that it's it's not fun in games you know i mean there's so much growth to be had when we do finally face all of that um but obviously when you're in it uh that yeah <laughs> what can i say it's it's not a happy place for a bit, you know, but I also realized that there's a saying, it's that the only way out is through. So by trying to run away, by trying to medicate ourselves, by trying to chase stuff outside of ourselves, by doing that, um, we're not going through and we will never get out of it. Um, and so that our attempts of running away from pain creates more pain. It's just kind of like a layer cake, you know? And so eventually maybe if I, if I didn't work my stuff out in the last six years, and especially in the last couple of years and even more so last year, <laughs> um, you know, I, I might be, you know, eventually I'd be 50 years old and I'd be full of pain and it wouldn't be much easier. And I would probably attract even more drama and I'd probably develop some health conditions or, you know, because a lot of this pain that we carry around that we don't want to face, it, they, it creates patterns. And by not facing it and by not dealing with it, and our shadows, um, we keep on disconnecting ourselves from ourselves from and also from others. And essentially, it's really a big, huge lack of self-love. And so, <laughs> I'm going to take a breath here. <sighs> yeah, it's a pretty intense episode, no? I mean, it's episode number two, and I'm diving straight into... Ooh, shadow work. But, you know, it's been such a mind-blowing, life-changing journey for me the last few years. And I'm so grateful that I did go down that path of um, self-inquiry and healing and um, dealing with my stuff. And even though... It was at times extremely difficult. Today, I am so happy that I did it, that I did the work and that I am doing the work and that I'm committed to keep doing the work. And so, you know, when we notice that we distract ourselves, when we, <laughs> I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you an easy example. So let's say, you want to have a glass of wine or you want to have a beer or, you know, whatever. Or you want to go and buy stuff. <laughs> or maybe you want to reconnect with that ex of yours. Ah, oh, yeah. Isn't it hard to <laughs> not do that? But so when you feel these urges, right, and instead of just acting on them, instead of just going and pouring that glass of wine, or instead of just texting FedEx, or instead of going to Amazon and ordering stuff, instead of doing any of that, maybe you can just, for a minute, 
just sit and feel into what you're feeling right now and especially what you don't want to feel. Because all these distractions are just ways for us to not feel whatever it is that's inside of us. And so by sitting down and sitting with whatever is there, by maybe taking a few minutes to meditate or even just, you don't even have to meditate. You don't even have to close your eyes. You just kind of have to center yourself. And I like to put my focus on my chest or my stomach area because that's usually where a lot of my feelings sit but maybe for you it's somewhere else maybe it's your back or your um maybe it's your throat but yeah to just sit there with it and see what comes up and um to become more conscious of what it is that we're feeling and what we'd like to not feel by you know drinking or shopping And so I had to learn this. Oh man, did I have to learn a lot about actually feeling my feelings and sitting with my feelings because I was really, really scared. I was so scared to feel my feelings because I felt like there was, you know, there's a lot of painful stuff. And so if I got too close to the painful stuff, then I was really worried I would never get out of it again, that I would just drown in that sea of pain or loneliness or sadness, you know? And so I was really scared. (laughs) And um, I only really started to feel or learn how to feel my feelings um, within the last, yeah, like three years or so. And more and more and more and more, (laughs) I got in touch with them. And I started to be less afraid of them. And I now actually, I can feel now even the not so nice feelings. That I mean, it's only labels, right? And it's really only, so when we say sadness is bad, I don't want to feel sad. And happiness is good, I want to feel happy. But in the end, they're not inherently bad. Sadness is not inherently bad and happiness is not inherently good. They're just feelings. They're just energy. They're nothing else but that. They're just energy. And once I learned how to just sit with these feelings and let them be there, oh, man, did did everything change. I mean, when you give feelings space to just be there and you just sit with them and you become friends with them, And you're like, hey, come on in. Let's hang out together. You know what happens? They transform. And and then that's it. And then you can move on with your life. (laughs) And there's a, a quote by Osho. I'm actually a pretty big Osho fan. I don't know if you guys are, but I read quite a lot of Osho books at the beginning of my journey um, six years ago along with Eckhart Tolle, and and then there was Osho, and, you know, all the classics, basically. But anyway, so there's this quote by Osho. He says, once something unconscious is brought to the conscious mind, it evaporates. I kind of like that saying, and it's, that's kind of how it goes with feelings. You give it, you give them space, you give them love, and then they kind of, yeah, they just kind of, walk away in peace (laughs) 
it's not about rejecting them. It's really like there's no point in, in pushing them away and in resisting anything. There is just no point. That was another huge learning, guys. Because I'm, I used to be a big, big resistor. <laughs> I was in big resistance with so many things in life and within myself. But yeah, the more I resisted sad feelings, painful feelings, the more they would come and haunt me in all sorts of ways. Because, as Tony Robbins says, what you resist persists. We just can't run away from that stuff. So... We got to learn to be with ourselves, guys. It's, it's where it's at. To embrace our shadows, our traumas, these issues, that darkness, the pain, the fears, all of it. There is no running away. We cannot out-drink or out-travel or out-work any of that. You know? And we all have our wounds and our demons. We all do. I do. You do. Everybody else listening to this does. There, it just. I've not met a human being that there's just nothing. It's just clean, blank slate of just pure, awesome happiness. We're all there's there's something in all of us, and that's what connects us. You know, we're all one. We're all in this together. And through healing our stuff, and through giving it that space, and through facing it all. That's how we grow. That's how we expand. And, you know, there's actually a chance. Well, let me tell you, there's actually a chance that through that process, we might actually become our best friends. And then we don't need anything else anymore. We don't need the drinks. We don't, you know, we don't get desperate when we're single because we're we're our best friend we love ourselves so hard like we it's it's an it's the icing on the cake to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner or whatever but it's not a necessity anymore we're not unhappy because we're lonely and um suddenly we can fill our own cup and and we feel whole because we can give everything we need ourselves it doesn't mean that we have to be super independent and be like, I don't need anybody because that's that's the other end of the spectrum. That's that's another strategy that, that I uh, had going on for a very long time. So as not to get disappointed or rejected, you know, it's like, nope, I can do everything myself. Don't need anybody. And uh, that's not the message here. The message is that um, it's really about developing that deep, deep connection to ourselves and that love that only we can give ourselves because if we don't how how are we supposed how how can we love others if we don't love ourselves if we don't know ourselves how can we know others if how can we really have a deep connection with other people if we don't have a deep connection to ourselves you know so lastly because i know that a lot of people struggle with a lot of the stuff that I've uh, talked about in this podcast. And I also know that there is a big sea of information out there and books and teachers and retreats and whatnots. And because of that, I recently sat down, actually I sat down many times because it took me a couple of weeks to compile, but 
I created a really big resource. It's basically the summary of everything, everything um, that I've done on my journey inwards. Um, a journey that was all about facing my shadows, my fears, and to get rid of all these distractions. The journey to becoming my own best friend, to developing self-love. And um, yeah, this resource is online. I put it online maybe a week or two ago. And I hope to inspire many other people out there and maybe to guide them a little bit on their own journey. And um, because, yeah, that's where it's at. It's it's going inwards <laughs> that holds the key to real fulfillment and happiness and real love and real connection. So, yeah, you can totally go and check that out. It's at liveyourheartout.co slash evolution. Um, so that's www.liveyourheartout.co slash evolution. That's where that big resource is at. Um, and if you want to become part of my inner circle that receives my weekly awesome email um, with, I don't know, personal musings and links and resources and updates and news and all of that stuff, go and sign up to my newsletter on my website, liveyourheartout.co. And um, I'll really encourage you to do that because I feel like I don't even want to call it newsletter because what I do is when I write that email, I sit down at my laptop and I start writing. I start writing from the heart and I just kind of let whatever comes up, come up and flow. And it's like I sit down and I'm, I write to a friend and that's how I want my emails to land. Um, for other people is it's not a newsletter it's a letter <laughs> it's an email from a friend and I want to be a friend can I be a friend okay cool all right and also if you want to do me one tiny 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 favor it would really 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 help me <laughs> because I'm at the beginning of this podcast journey and if you want to do me a tiny favor please go to iTunes and leave me a review Obviously, that's only if you made it to the very end of this podcast and you actually enjoyed this episode. But please go and um, leave a review for me on iTunes. That would make me extremely happy. And yeah, other than that, wow, episode two is done. <laughs> I just hope you enjoyed this. And um, if you have any sort of idea, thoughts, a message for me, you know, send me an email, hello at liveyourheartout.co. Let me know how my podcast, how that's working out for you. Cool. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Next episode coming up. Definitely. Not sure when yet, but probably very soon. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I love you. Bye.